Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Maroon Friday edition of The Yard. Hope things are well with you wherever you are today. It's Friday, so I hope it's a payday for you. Now we've got a little funds to get out and do some fun things with the family. Hope that you're able to do that. It's uh, Listen, it's a great day here in Starwood. It's a beautiful day. It's going to be warm. It's not going to be, uh, you know, stifling. You know, you're going to be able to get out and do some things. And uh, hopefully if you've got some honeydew stuff to do around the house this weekend, maybe you can get out and knock some of that stuff out. I plan uh, to work in the yard a little bit myself. And uh, my hope is, is that here in the coming weeks, we're going to have some football weekends and so we're not going to have time to get out there and do all those things that we've been putting off. You know, we had the quarantine and we probably get caught up and people did some home improvement stuff. But it's one of those things, too, that you begin to kind of lose your luster for all that sort of stuff. If you know what I'm saying, I'm not quite as motivated to get out there and do those things as I did, uh, you know, when I was somewhat bored because of the fact that, you know, we, we began to have some of the early steps toward normalcy take place. We've got baseball. We've got basketball we've got hockey we've got golf coming up this weekend I know many of you are excited about the PGA championship not really my thing but listen I'm glad you get a chance to watch that Uh, but the bottom line is we are beginning to get some things that allow us to kind of recreate a little bit even though we're not able to attend those events we're able to watch them on TV and and sometimes that just kind of takes us away from all the other things in life we've got to deal with it's a reason you have all that stuff Uh, is you know it's, it's a nice distraction from the work of day life we often have so for those of you that enjoy those things, you know, I don't watch a lot of hockey. You know, our, uh, our colleague, Tyler Horka, he's a big Dallas Stars fan. So many of us on the beat kind of adopted the Dallas Stars because of, uh, of Horka. Uh, I know, I believe uh, Ben Portnoy is a Washington Caps fan. So, you know, there is some of that. So I'm, I'm glad that they're able to watch that. But I know that everybody on the beat is a, is a huge baseball fan. So it's been nice to kind of sit around and watch. And I'll be honest with you, uh, I don't have really a favorite team anymore i was a san francisco giants fan for many 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 years because of will clark i was a braves fan before that before that a yankees fan but uh you know i don't have that emotional attachment to a major league baseball team so i guess i am a free agent for hire i guess you could say but i do enjoy being able to turn the tv on and watch games where they actually keep score and we're working towards you know a playoff and a potential championship I I enjoy that even if I don't have a vested interest in the outcome I enjoy watching good baseball I am much more of a college sports fan Uh, my interest in the NFL has been somewhat diminished once I became uh, you know an active member of the day-to-day beat with Mississippi State because you spend so much time on the road you know covering these teams I'm not in the least bit complaining whatsoever I love the job that we do but you get more you invest so much more of your energy and time into researching Mississippi State and their opponents. And, and I've shared with you guys, I kind of live in the big maroon bubble. So when Sundays comes around, unless the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing or Dak, I don't really watch a lot of NFL football. I, I just don't. I would rather go back honestly and watch the replay of the SEC games that I missed on Sunday. Uh, I'm much more invested in the college game. I love the college game in every sport much better than the pro game especially baseball and for that respect basketball too I just you know I I like the college game I think there is a different level of passion Uh, they actually play defense in college basketball in college football you don't see the same plays over and over and over again there's a lot of innovation Uh, and if you ever notice too it's like if that's the thing you think about like with the New Orleans Saints you know with Drew Brees you know and uh, and Sean Payton and those guys you know the NFL game and especially the Saints and a few others they, they've kind of mimicked some of what Mike Leach has done in the college game. You know, going out, just kind of spreading everybody out and throwing it. You know, you, you kind of run it to keep people honest. And at the end of the day, there comes a time in, in the game when you're going to have to line up and push somebody off the line and, and move the football yard to get a first down. You know, all of that's part of the deal. But uh, it's interesting to me that uh, so much of what, what happens in the college game ultimately gets to the pro game. It's just kind of one of those things that happens. So 
Hope you get a chance to watch some pro sports this weekend, uh, but also to get caught up. Because, listen, we need to go ahead and start preparing for the fact that we are going to have college football in some form, form or fashion. We're going to get that a little bit more uh, after the break. But first, I want to thank our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company, longtime sponsors of the show. Love Bulldog Burger Company. I'm, I'm trying to get in there once a week now uh, because of the fact, number one, I got less people living at home, so it's not quite as expensive. But also, too, it's one of those deals where you can get a great restaurant-quality hamburger. Uh, and listen, you can get a hamburger a lot of places. But you get some of those that are just kind of pretend hamburgers. You know what I'm saying? It's just like mass production. That's not the case. That's not the case of Bulldog Burger Company. They take great pride in what they do. You will love the food. You will love the quality. You will love the service. You love the pricing. It's a great, great meal for an affordable price. Now, two locations to serve you right here on University Drive in Star Vegas and on Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. Man, find locations in both places. Go by, check them out, and if you want to get food to go, you can. You can make an online order at eatwithus.com. That's eatwithus.com. Uh, they'll still do curbside service if that's what you need uh, because, listen, nobody's going to force you to do anything you don't want to do when it comes to this sort of things. But uh, these people, a fine restaurant is part of a fine family of restaurants that have served the Golden Triangle many, many, many years. Bulldog Burger Company, a place for people in Starkville and now Tupelo, go to meet, M-E-A-T. So you may have heard by now, and we have talked about this on the show all week, that uh, we might have a schedule this week. Well, it doesn't appear we're going to get a schedule this week, but we are going to know the opponents. And I actually wrote an article yesterday kind of previewing potential SEC East opponents. One of the things I had heard earlier in the week is that there was actually to, to kind of a balance out the strength of the schedule. There was some discussion, and there was a model or so, uh, that you might not get Missouri this year if you're Mississippi State. Now it appears that's the case. State is going to get the SEC West opponents, Kentucky and Missouri, and then two more. We're supposed to know those at some point today. We don't necessarily know the order of which we're going to play people. That will probably come next week. But it does appear that we're going to get that. Matter of fact, Dr. Mark Keenum on the uh, Paul Gallo show earlier today on Super Talk Mississippi, that they uh, came out and said, kind of you know, verified what we've kind of been hearing, is that we would know the opponents this week. So where does that leave us? Well, there's a lot of pros and cons to that. And uh, so we're not going to get Vanderbilt and South Carolina. I, I, I just don't expect that. I, I suspect that it could be, it could be Tennessee and Florida. But I don't believe it's going to be Vanderbilt and Georgia. Those are the things where you begin to kind of break this thing down. You know, the, the chances of State kind of be given a couple of winnable games I don't think is, uh, is in the cards. Now, the argument can be made, too, that we know that those teams in the SEC West, you want to start basing things off strength of schedule right out of the gate. The fact that we have to play Alabama, Auburn, and LSU uh, is a much different, difficult road to hold than, than having to play, say, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee. And that's not to say that Florida and Georgia are not elite. I think those both, both of those teams are capable of winning the SEC this year. I, I, I would much rather play Tennessee. And I think there's some Mississippi State fans that want to play Tennessee. I think after last year, we all won a mulligan. That was not a good Tennessee team. We went up there and played one of our worst games of the year. And uh, listen, I'm not a self-loathing State fan, but I'll tell you, we blew that ball game. Uh, Tommy Stevens uh, just had you know a deer-in-the-headlights look that day. We didn't play well. We were the better team. We gave the game away. Garrett Schrader comes in, and probably if Schrader starts the game, we probably win. But Tennessee wasn't good. But we, we lose that ball game, and Tennessee kind of gets going. They won seven of the last eight. So they're a team that's kind of believing and kind of rounding back into form. Uh, they also lost a lot of their key offensive weapons. I think they're going to be very one-dimensional on offense this year, you know, without uh, you know Callaway and Jennings out there, who I believe might have been uh, probably – the most unheralded wide receiver duo in the SEC last year. They didn't have a great quarterback last year. They didn't have great quarterback play to get them to football, but those guys can absolutely play. And so despite all of that, we should have been able to win that ball game, despite the fact that they had a couple of guys that will probably end up on pro rosters. Uh, and then, you know, Jerry, we knocked the starting quarterback out of the ball game. They bring in Garantano. They come back and win the game. But at the end of the day, it was about what we didn't do. So I think there are a lot of Bulldog fans are thinking, you know what, we let that one get away. You know, let's get them back here in our backyard. Mike Leach calling the plays. We know we can score some points then, and then we'll see what happens. I, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't know that they're going to be very prolific offensively, especially through the passing game. Uh, and with a, a secondary in transition, you know, Mississippi State obviously, uh, you know, 
going to see some of that this year, but uh, we got to do a better job defending the pass for sure. Now, if we get Tennessee, that'll be here. Uh, because what I'm told is that, you know, the rotation, you know, the, the, the home and home stuff is kind of it works in your favor. That uh, if, you, if you went there last time, you should get them at home this time. Uh, but, you know, we're going to find out in hindsight once the schedule's announced, well, we had to tweak here and tweak there. Nothing is ever as good or bad as we expect it to be. But, uh, again, we expect there to be two opponents named today. And then when you begin to get down the list, you think, okay, what, what, what is there about Florida? You know, what about Florida? Well, if we get Florida, we'd have to go to Florida. And I don't, I don't know how that works. I don't know, uh, you know, if that's a good day for us or not. I think it'd be an interesting trip. We hadn't been to Florida since 2010, uh, so if we, go, we we take that trip. It's go, probably going to be a tough a tough day. I do think Mississippi State could score, but uh, you know, it, it, Florida I think really has a chance to win the SEC this year. I, I really do. I don't I don't say that because uh, you know what the the pundits say, but uh, a lot of what happens with these next two opponents, the, these additional opponents, is going to really impact the SEC East race. I think we all can probably agree with that. You know, Georgia already plays Alabama. So then all of a sudden they play Florida as well. And if Florida ends up playing Alabama, I'm sure Dan Mullen wouldn't like that. But uh, that kind of levels the playing field a little bit in the SEC East. So here as I understand that I'm going to run this down. Uh, So if we play Vanderbilt, we go to Vanderbilt. If we play Kentucky, which we are going to play Kentucky, we're going to Kentucky, Missouri comes here. We would have Georgia here, Tennessee here, Florida and South Carolina there. So that's how that would work based on the current rotation. We're going to get a home and away. Everybody's got to have five home games and five road games. That's the only way to be fair about it. So that's what you can expect. And so you know, running the numbers right now, you know that you've got you know, your, your, uh, your current rotation already. With, you know, we, we, we would go to Ole Miss. We would go to LSU. We would go to Alabama, but we get Auburn, we get Texas A&M, and we get Arkansas here. So that's three of the home games, and Missouri's coming here, and we're going to Kentucky. So then you'll split these uh, next two coming in. So uh, those of you that are kind of curious what road trips you might take, I think you can have some confidence now. Once the, once it comes out today, it won't be 100% official, but once you know who the uh, – these new opponents are, we'll split one of those home and away based on the current rotation. So one step closer to finalizing a schedule. And, and they're teasing out there that we should know next week, next week, the order in which we play everybody. And so I'm eager to know that just because we can all kind of begin to plan. There are a lot, I know a lot of you have already made, uh, you, know, you know, reservations for yourself. Some of you have already put in ticket orders, and I and I, I listen. I'll be honest with you. I'll be surprised if there are many away game tickets that are that can be had. I think there are going to be some teams, of course, that uh, you know that limit fans. And you know, Penn State yesterday announced they're not going to have any fans. So I can't guarantee you're going to be able to see the Bulldogs in person this year. We're not even sure at this point what the media situation is going to look like. I, I don't stay. I don't sit in the press box. Uh, I, I work down in the field as a photographer, and then do all our post game video and that sort of stuff. And so. I suspect that uh, you know there'll be some limited spacing in the press box because they're going to have to social distance people and probably require a mask. I've kind of grown accustomed to wearing one, and I guess after uh, you know after working on the sidelines, I, I'd probably be used to it you know, pretty pretty close. But uh, you know the coaches are going to have to wear them, and I think that's an important part of things too. I think it's all about you know ensuring that we give everybody you know some sense of security with all of this. But uh, let's run through some of these protocols if we can. The SEC released kind of its protocol for how this is going to work. So I'm going to run this down for you. So here is the testing requirements. I'm going to read these. The SEC will coordinate centralized testing through a third-party provider to ensure consistency and surveillance and pre-competition testing. Uh, PCR, polyamorase, forgive me if I'm wrong there, chain reaction is the current standard testing method for the COVID-19 virus. Alternative testing methods may be considered of sufficient data uh, developed to suppose those, support those methods. And I'm, uh, but the first thing that's big about that is you've got a centralized testing. Uh, that kind of removes the possibility of if somebody testing positive and still playing in a football game. You, know, you kind of remove uh, the possibility of, uh, you know, any situation where somebody might uh, hide a test result. 
But also, too, I think the bigger issue is just from a consistency standpoint. Let's say, for an example, if you had, you know, one lab, let's say a lab in College Station doing a little bit different than, than Baton Rouge, then, you know, the testing results might be different. You might get more false positives. I don't know. But uh, to have one group doing it ensures consistency. That's a smart way to go. In a sport of football, student athletes and others in direct contact with the program will receive a PCR surveillance test at least twice weekly during competition. That's a lot different than some of the things that were suggested earlier. Typically six days and three days prior to competition. The task force recommends exploring alternative testing methods that will accommodate a third test in addition to the two required PCR tests that will provide for the reliability and rapid response necessary for diagnostics testing in the time frame closer to competition. You've noticed that there have been some people that, uh, like Gardner Minshew recently, was, uh, was listed as somebody that was on the COVID positive list for the NFL. And then a couple of days later, uh, he was right back in workouts because of the fact that how quickly they could get guys testing and get results back. You know, Matthew Stafford, of course, with Lions, test positive, and then you find out there's a false positive. And so there's still a lot of ebb and flow and a lot to figure out with all this. But uh, it won't be like it is nowadays where people test and find out two or three days later. Uh, they're going to be able to kind of turn that thing around pretty quickly. In the sports of volleyball and soccer, student athletes and others in direct contact with the program will receive a PCR surveillance test at least twice weekly during competition, one to occur three days prior to the first competition of the week. The task force recommends exploring alternative testing methods that will accommodate a third test, similar language to what we had for football. In the sport across country, student athletes and others in direct contact with the program will receive a PCR test at least once per week during competition with that test to occur three days prior to each competition. Masking, and here's a big thing here, masking. In football, volleyball, and soccer, all coaches, staff, and non-competing personnel be required to wear face mask coverings on a sideline and physical distancing will be employed to the extent possible. In cross country, competing student athletes are required to wear a face mask covering it at the starting line, which may be removed when proper distancing has been achieved. Coaches and staffs associated with cross-country competition are expected to utilize social distancing to the extent possible and required to wear a face mask covering during pre- and post-competition. So, yeah, so cross-country, everybody's, you know, you know, kind of crowded up there at the starting line. So we're going to wear a mask until you kind of distance yourself a little bit and you can pull it off and breathe openly. But uh, you know, when you're getting a pack there, you're going to have to put the mask on. And so, you know, it is what it is. You know, it is what it is. You know, there, there are some people that could say, hey, there's no way we could do it, but we're going to give this thing a shot. Other notes from this report. Each institution is required to designate a COVID-19 protocol oversight officer who will be responsible for education ensuring compliance with the SEC's COVID-19 management requirements. The SEC announced in July that student-athletes in all sports who elect to not participate in intercollegiate athletics during the fall of 2020 uh, because of health or and or safety concerns related to COVID-19 will continue to have their scholarships honored by the university and remain in good standing with the team. So that's kind of where we are. So new stuff, new, new protocols. And that's the thing that I think about, you know, when, when we start getting these news, hey, the SEC has decided the coaches have to do this, and this is where you have to stand, and blah, 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 you know, that uh, we're taking positive steps towards football. There's a lot of people out there, a lot smarter than you and I, that are involved in this process that are saying, hey, it, it will be safe if we do it this way, or we believe it will be safe if we do it this way. Uh, trust me, every time that, uh, you know, there's a, there's a school lunchroom uh, you know, worker that, that, that tests positive for COVID, everybody's going to panic. They're going to panic. But uh, the, the real issue here, and I think it's important to understand, is that uh, it's all a personal deal. I mean, it, it is a per- the, the way that this is all rolling out, I know there are a lot of people out there in rural communities that don't have the Internet service that, that can be able to handle, like, uh, you know, Zoom calls and online instruction. Uh, I get it. It's difficult, but by and large, most of us, you know, we have a lot of options now. And if we're, if we're comfortable doing this, we can do this. If we're not comfortable doing that, we don't have to do that. And so it's the same thing here with college football is here's how we're going to play. We're going to make, we're going to space you guys out. We're going to make sure everybody has a face shield or a helmet. We're going to test you guys a couple times a week. If you test positive, we're going to treat you. We're going to make a coach wear a mask. We're going to make everybody around you observe social distancing and masking requirements we're going to try to go play a football game. And there will be growing pains throughout this process. This is a historic season. It might be the first of a new era. You know, it's so funny. You know, in those years and years ago, we see all these cartoons when our, our football players basically wore spacesuits, 
you know, uh, we might be kind of trending in that direction. It might be one of those situations where, hey, if we're going to compete and going to play, maybe we have to change the helmet apparatus. Maybe we have to, you know, find some way to, to put some type of uh, breathing apparatus on a, on a uniform as part of the, the uniform uh, to ensure these guys are getting fresh air, not breathing each other. Who knows? I mean, who knows what's next? But the bottom line is, is we're, we're moving towards having some college football next. And uh, listen, there's some, there's some leagues out there getting it right. And I know, let's go ahead and call it for what it is. Uh, there's not going to be FCS football this year. There's just not. There's not, there's not sure not going to be any championships. I don't know if the SWAC or, and uh, some of the HBCUs will really push through with playing in the spring or not. But uh, the way that I understand it is the, uh, once there is less than 50% participation in the FCS, they would just cancel the season. That's what we expect to happen. As you see every day, there is a new group that's uh, opting out of playing. And a lot of it is – that's the thing I don't think that people understand. So, yes, there is some concern about the virus. Yes. But when you look at all the safety protocols that are having to be put into place, there are many of these athletic department budgets that are already strapped. Okay, so now I'm not going to get my check from playing that Power 5 school, and i got to test these athletes twice a week, and i got to go out and get a face shield for all of these helmets I got to get masks for all my employees. I got, you know, the, I got to hire a protocol officer. I mean, there's like, there is going to be tremendous amount of expense. And then many of these schools not going to be able to sell tickets, not going to be able to generate funds from football. Football will essentially be a detriment to their economic standing. And so when you see many of these schools and many of these conferences that are saying, hey, we're not going to play, to be fair, the COVID virus, part of it, and the fact, the fear of the virus, I, I think, is much, is much far, farther down the list than uh, the expense of it all. Because if you can't safely play, you don't need to play. You know, we read earlier this week there was, uh, you know, a kicker, I guess, from Colorado State that uh, elected not to play, blasted the coaching staff, and, of course, some other players have come out and said what well, some of the things he alleged are not true. Uh, I, I've always believed that the first report that you read is probably, uh, you know, self-serving, veiling the truth, you know, the, but uh, there's always a little truth in there. And then, of course, other people come out and kind of either verify the story or add more details or refute it. But the point in all of that is in order for this to work, there can't be anybody out there cutting corners. You can't have one school falsifying reports and saying we're doing this, we're testing athletes, and then you find out when you hear from the athletes that that's not happening. You know, that can't happen. That, that's when you begin to get NCAA oversight into things. And people saying, hey, well, listen, if you're not going to follow the protocols, then we're just not going to play. You know, and so that's the important aspect of all of this is uh, when you get these reports, understand, especially if they're from individuals, that, uh, you know, what they're saying, there is going to be some truth more times than not in what they're saying, but more times than not, it's not the whole truth. So when you get the initial report, before you react and go fire off a hot take on Twitter, you know, before you go attack Greg Sankey, before you go attack, you know, the SEC leadership or athletic directors and that sort of stuff, wait, wait. If, if, if the Ole Miss-Ross Bjork-Hugh Freeze deal taught us anything, it's that the, the initial story – lacks a lot of truth and if you recall you know, we can't wait to tell our story there's all these things that happen and, and so and, and it's not listen that's not necessarily an old Miss thing even though I think they're experts at all that but the bottom line is that a lot of people only tell you the truth when they have to and so it's important to kind of wait those things out but they were go, there are going to be players that test positive we've had players at Mississippi State that have tested positive and then they go into quarantine and they're fine and Jason Washington and I spoke last week that's one of the things that he's told all of his guys. You know, they're going to test weekly, and now we know they're going to test twice weekly. And so you're going to have guys that uh, are, are, got, are going to, you know, be available one week and not available the next. It's going to be in quarantine. I don't expect them to make any of that news public. I'm sure that it'll leak out at some point. But at some point, there is going to be a star player on some team, maybe yours, maybe somebody else's, that uh, is going to test positive and be ineligible to play. But the SEC, I believe, is taking the, the, the proper steps to ensure that those people that test positive are not, are not part of competition. And when you begin to look at the math on that, if it's three days before competition 
right? If it's three days, at that point, you've got some time to adjust. You've got still some practice time. So if we're going to test six days prior to competition and three days prior to competition, that means we come off of the field, give it a day or so, and test, hey, did he catch it last week? No. Okay, well, let's get a little deeper in the week. Uh, three days closer to competition, he tests, did he get it? No. Okay, well, he was down in the Cotton District all night, uh, you know, trying to uh, to date sorority girls, so we sure he didn't get it. You know, well, okay. Well, now he doesn't have it. So, we, there, and again, it's not like it's an instant analysis type deal where, you know, on Saturday morning everybody lines up. You know, you, when you play kids' soccer, you know, everybody's got to have that equipment check. You know, you got to make sure you got on soccer cleats and shin guards and that sort of stuff. We're not there with COVID. Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to Nerd Wallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year. Managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup. Putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with smart money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. I tried the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year. And me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest. And we'd go up there. And just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink. And maybe even adult beverage if you prefer. And you can get custom fitted for a new pair of Tecovis boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding. Whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at Tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. With testing. You're not going to line everybody up on game day and test them. And maybe at some point it gets to that. But for now, I think they're doing all they can do. So to summarize, we're going to wait today and find out who our two SEC opponents are, our two additional SEC opponents are. And then now we know the protocol, not just for football, but for all fall sports. And remember, the, the NCAA has not canceled championships for the fall. Still hadn't done it. I don't think they're going to now. If they hadn't done it by now, I don't believe they uh, they will. So we'll see how that all develops here in the next few weeks. But um, today is a win for those of us that want to play college football. Today's a win because we're going to know the, we're going to know the opponents and we're going to know the game week protocols. And nobody would go to all this trouble just for public relations. Nobody would have all these meetings and go to all this expense and have people research stuff and go through all these arguments and uh, find proper testing methods and hire people to facilitate all that just just so they could issue a press release to fool you guys. There are some people out there that believe that. 
They think all this is some dog and pony show because they don't want to tell us that we're not playing football. That is not true. Think it through. If they wanted to do it, they've got plenty of cover to do it. You know, when we begin having all these issues and things begin to pop up and, you know, when Major League Baseball got back together and the Florida Marlins had an outbreak, you know, we could have just said, you know, then, hey, listen, that's the cover we need. We're not going to play football. They're taking the steps and putting all this effort in because they want to play football. And part of that is for you. That's a big part of this. I think people forget that. You know, we talk about the fans. We talk about the pageants during the passion of SEC football. They're doing, they're jumping through all these hoops because, listen, it's going to cost a fortune to play football. It would be easier not to play because, you know, the, the, the salaries for college coaches has skyrocketed. Well, those checks still have to be written. You're not going to have the benefit of concession revenue. You're not going to have ticket revenue. You're not going to have that, but you're still going to go try to play a season. Do you think that's just for the university? It's not. It's for you and for me and for everybody that loves college sports and for those players. And there are many of you that will say, well, you know, well, the, well, the kids got to play. No, they don't. They don't have to play. This is still America. They can still opt out. They can opt out and not play the season and still have their scholarships honored. And before you ask, I'm not aware of anybody at Mississippi State looking to opt out. We've talked a little bit about Tyler Williams uh, Tyler Williams, and I understand that's, that's a decision. It's really kind of a personal thing. Tyler Williams, start, you know, starting cornerback at Mississippi State last year, after Maurice Fenderman went down, Ty got, uh, got to start. Great young man, great player. But I understand that he and his family were kind of working through some things, and he might not play this year. And it's not a sitting, and some would say, well, you know, he wants to transfer. You know, he had the option to go to Ole Miss before. They let him know, hey, if you want to come, we got an offer for you. Well, he didn't take it because vanity got involved, right? But the bottom line is, you know, I don't expect to hear that. I mean, you know, things change. But you, every day there's going to be some kid around the country that's going to say, hey, listen, I'm going to opt out. And many of those guys are NFL prospects. They're saying, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and just opt out and uh, start training for the draft. And I don't know how that's going to be received by people. I don't know. But I'm not aware of anybody else. Tyler Williams is the only one I'm kind of, you know, on the fence about. I think there is a real possibility that he doesn't play this year. He's I'm scheduled to graduate in December. You know, so we'll see how things progress with him. But, uh, you know, be that as it may, we'll play with whoever shows up. And we'll play whoever shows up. I want to remind you guys, too, speaking of showing up, show up looking good, feeling good, and smelling good, thanks to our friends at Hawthorne.co. Go visit them today at Hawthorne, H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E dot C-O. Best smelling cologne I've ever worn. It's not a joke. By any stretch of the imagination. You get the work play, the work scent, the play scent. You can get body spray. You can get deodorant. You can get lotion. Anything that you need to look good and feel good as a man. I encourage you to visit them today and use promo code BONEYARD to unlock some savings for yourself. That's B-O-N-E-Y-A-R-D. That's at Hawthorne.co. Go take the short two-minute quiz. Nobody ever told you how to buy cologne. Nobody ever told you, hey, listen, this is what works for you. This is pheromone-based. This is not pheromone-based. Nobody's ever taught you that. So go take the quiz. They're all easy questions. I mean, you're not going to have to have, like, your Social Security number or anything like that. Just go answer their questions, and they'll pair you up with products that best fit what you're looking for. All right, so I've had a uh, top ten list here today. I've had some people that have reached out and said, hey, you know, Steve, listen, I love music just as much as you do, and they're wrong. But, uh, listen, let's talk more about some Mississippi music. I have had three different people. It's crazy. I had three different people in the course of ten days send me a message and say, hey, Steve, what about Three Doors Down? Three Doors Down, for those of you that don't know, is a Mississippi band from Escatawpa, Mississippi. Many of those guys attended Moss Point High School. These are, these, are, these are our own. These guys have sold over 14 million records. That's a lot of change, right? And, but one of the coolest things that I remember about Three Doors Down is right after Hurricane Katrina, the band Three Doors Down goes down to aid in the relief effort. They're filling sandbags. They're down there. They, if I'm not mistaken, they bought lunch for all those people. Uh, these are good old boys, man. These are our folks right here from the state of Mississippi. I don't know what their college allegiances are. Don't If they're down on the coast, it might be LSU for all I know. But I know that these are Mississippi products. These are guys that we should be proud of. And so um, 
so we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have this. We're gonna have t top ten, three doors down songs. All right, so here we go. Uh, number ten for me is uh, Citizen Soldier, and uh, for those of you that don't know, Three Doors Down is a band that uh, really, 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 really shows some appreciation for our men and women in the armed forces. That's kind of what that song is about. Uh, a lot of it's about National Guard folks, but uh, it's people that are just like me and you that walk among us that go out and defend our freedoms, so we can sit around and watch college football and gripe on Twitter about it. Great tune. Uh, go check it out. I think you'll dig that. Number nine, Away from the Sun. Uh, that that was one of those that kind of came out of nowhere. I know a lot of people, you know, it's like when Three Doors Down, they hit the scene, they were just rolling for a couple albums there. Then Away From The Sun came, and uh, I think a lot of people had kind of moved on. And I think Away From The Sun kind of reminded people, you know what, these guys were not just kind of a, you know, one-hit wonder or even, you know, a one- or two-album quality band. Uh, number eight, one of the ones that's probably a little more, uh, got a little more juice to it, Duck and Run. Love the up-tempo stuff. And a lot of the bigger hits from Three Doors Down, you know, it's kind of you know, kind of acoustic-based or whatever. But these guys are rockers at heart, and Duck and Run kind of proves that. Number seven, Let Me Go, another big hit for them. Uh, a, kind of a mid-tempo song, but I tell you, it, the vocal delivery on this one's really good. And a lot of people don't understand this, but uh, he came out from behind the kit that became the full-time singer. Number six, this is... I could argue at times there are different points in my life that this number six has been my favorite Three Doors Down song. But it's Every Time You Go. Every Time You Go, You Take a Part of Me. And uh, it's, you know, it, it's one of those things about, you know, you're in love and you're separated and it just it hurts you to be away from one another. But uh, it, it's a great tune. Uh, go check it out. Again, there are some days this has been my favorite Three Doors Down song. Now we get into the hits. And I think, I think this is one of those things, you look at the top five, I think everybody has these five songs as their favorites. It just depends on the order. But number five for me might have been their biggest radio hit, but it's When I'm Gone. And it's another one of those videos you go look, and it's about, it's, it's U.S. military. It's showing, you know, the, the families leaving, standing on the tarmac as their loved ones leave. And uh, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's one of those things. It's an important video. Those are things that I think about. We need to be reminded from time to time the sacrifices that our military families make on our behalf so that we can live the lives that we choose. But uh, there are many of those people that uh, make a sacrifice that many of us are unwilling to make. And I'm one of those people. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, I have so much respect for our military families. And uh, that video is chilling, man. It really is. And even, listen, if you're not a rocker, okay and you should be you could still listen to when i'm gone go watch that video today and you'll see what i'm talking about and it'll make you understand the next time you see somebody in their fatigues walking around at walmart or whatever hey man thanks for your service and i know that's a small thing to do and it seems almost cliche but i've had so many so many of those military personnel when i mentioned that to them i said man, th you're welcome thank you you know that, that's a thankless job guys it is a thankless job and uh, it is among the most dangerous things that people ever do, that they're on the, on the verge of war at any moment, and they're ready to go defend us. It's incredible, man. i got so much respect for military families. All right, number four for me is Be Like That. And, and again, this is one of those. This is off the first album. And it's, it's one of those things about you know, being a young person, thinking, man, these are my dreams. And, man, if I could just be like those guys, if I could just be like that, I'd be happy. And, uh, it's, again, it's one of those, it's an inspirational type song, but uh, I dig it, man, so much. You can, you can hear so much of the heart and the emotions and every bit of that. Uh, it's just one of those songs that stays with me. When I think Three Doors Down, that's really the first song I think that I think about is Be Like That because it resonates with me. You know, that's the thing about songs and about music and about, you know, favorites and that sort of stuff is when songs are released at certain points in your life, maybe perhaps when you're somewhat emotional or whatever, you're dealing with something. It becomes kind of the soundtrack of your life. And then you can put that song on and all of a sudden it takes you back to a time when uh, you know, things were a little simpler or perhaps a little more difficult. But um, Be Like That's one of those songs for me. Uh, number three, another of the Lover's Lament songs, Here Without You. Uh, one of those gut-wrenching type songs. I I'm a sucker for sad love songs, and this is one of them. Um, you know, Here Without You, but you're, you're on my mind. And uh, so go check that one out. That's one of those. You should probably just put on, go to iTunes and find the Three Doors Down Greatest Hits or the Essentials that they have on, on Apple Music. 
and just let it roll because you're not going to be disappointed. There's going to be songs that you know well. There are going to be some other songs that maybe you don't know quite as well, but the quality of these tracks is, is tremendous. Number two, the first big hit, and if you ever watch the video to this album, you notice um, you know, the band looks a little green. It's because they were. You know, uh, the singer, it's, it's, I've read this before, Brad Arnold. You know, Brad, was, uh, Brad used to be the drummer, and a lot of people don't notice this. This band started when these guys were in high school. I think Brad was like 16, 17 years of age, and uh, they put the band together. But uh, when Kryptonite came out, that's the record company kind of said, hey, Brad, listen, you can't play drums and sing. And so if you watch that video, if Brad looks a little awkward walking around, you know, not sure what to do with his hands, kind of a rookie Bobby moment, that's why. It's because he, you know, he's become a great front man. But it's one of those deals, too, where uh, it all happened so quickly for them. Once, once Kryptonite hit the airwaves, and it wasn't just in Mississippi, it was nationally. Their record label did a great job pushing them. They were everywhere. Three Doors Down was absolutely everywhere. But the number one song in my mind, it's not Kryptonite, it's Loser. And I love the, the, the rock breakdown in the middle of the song. Uh, it's such a cool song where it's so unpredictable. There's so much of this cookie-cutter music out there today and, and has been the last 20 years where it's kind of the same thing over and over again. Uh, not really the case with, with Three Dwarfs Down, especially with this song. I think Loser is one of those songs that you look at and you go back and listen to and you can say, man, it's incredible to think that guys this young in their careers were so innovative. Uh, and, that, and that's one of the reasons I believe they've had some staying power. I understand there's a new album coming out. They've, they've teased a new single uh, called Wicked Man. So they're, you know, they're back making music again. And so um, eager to see what comes from those guys next. But there you go. Three Doors Down. That's my top ten list. You might disagree. But uh, I have always had a special place you know, in my heart for those guys because of those guys being you know, from South Mississippi. Uh, and being Mississippi guys, and uh, listen, that they brought uh, the, the boys from Save and Able along with them, and uh, I'm, I'm a Save and Able guy too. I don't know if I can come up with ten, but we'll uh, we'll see what we can do down the road with them. But uh, Mississippi, the birthplace of America's music, and Three Doors Down, certainly a part of that. Campus Bookmart, longtime sponsors of this show, man. Listen, those guys are happy to help you. I went by there last week, as you guys know. This time last week, matter of fact, I was in the store and uh, went by to buy some baby clothes. We got a new baby in our family, baby Viv. Love her. Lo- oh, my gosh, I'm so in love. But went by and got her uh, some Mississippi State clothing, got her some socks. Uh, she lives in the natural state of Arkansas, and I- I'm not going to run the risk of a lot of uh, Razorback gear making its way. Matter of fact, if I go up there and see anybody, I might just steal it. Uh, but be that as it may, I don't know if steal is the right word. Maybe I'll just relocate it and donate it uh, to somebody else. But uh, – Baby Viv is going to be raised as Bulldog, if I have anything to say about it. But you can do your part to ensure that your grandchildren are properly outfitted with Mississippi State gear by visiting campusbookmart.net. Stand and man, Miss Kathy Brown, everybody will take care of you. They'll do what they got to do to make sure that you get all the Mississippi State maroon and white fashions you can possibly get. And it's not just about fashions. Anything you need for your home, your office, anything to decorate, you can find right there. If they don't have it, chances are they can get it. CampusBookmart.net. Use promo code BSR, BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. That'll save you f- free shipping on all orders over fifty dollars. Any order less than fifty bucks, absolutely incomplete. Mom, Dad, kids are all back in school. If you don't have to wear a uniform, we got to get that Mississippi State gear. They probably already outgrown what you had them last year anyway. Restock the wardrobe at CampusBookmart.net. So. I'm happy to announce that uh, we are in, you know, I, I, my, my job has been done for a little while now, but I was informed yesterday by the publisher that uh, we are probably a day away from the book Alpha Dogs going off the print. And so once that happens, we're going to be able to start taking pre-orders. Now, one of the things that I have been impressed upon, uh, the people involved in this process, is that uh, I want to ensure that those that pre-order books that we, at the very least, get them in the mail uh, before we start doing events. Now, last year, there was a delay at the printer. We already had some events scheduled, and there were big Christmas events and that sort of stuff, and I couldn't get out of them. And so uh, we did had pre-orders that were, you know, that went out. I had to go and sign books, you know, thousands of books, uh, the weekend that we played Texas A&M. So I didn't go to College Station to cover the game because it was so important to me to get those pre-orders out. 
So and in, in, in hindsight, I'm kind of glad I didn't go based on the result of the ball game. But so you pre-order, we're going to get that out. And then one of the things that we're going to do this year too is um, is we're going to do some events around town. You know, like we did. You know, I don't know if the tr- traditional book signing, how many of those we're going to be able to have on game day. I don't. I just don't know how that's going to work. We're, you listen. We're going to have events. I'm going to mask up, and I'm going to go sign books. And, uh, you know, we'll probably take pictures with our mask on or whatever. We, we, won't, we won't do a lot of handshaking, that sort of stuff. But um, I still plan to do all of that. But we're going to do some events, you know, kind of an evening with deal. You know, I know, I know we're working on some things uh, kind of around town. We'll go in. We'll have, like, a book reading, a book signing. And, and um, you can kind of come and go as you please. We, we might even do some open air stuff. That's one of the things that we're talking about is, uh, you know, we can do some things downtown, you know, after hours when there's not a lot of traffic and we can just kind of sit outside or whatever and, uh, and just be able to handle things. And so we're working towards all of that. We want to make it as safe as possible. But uh, a lot of people I know that want to come to an event, uh, you know, my books will be carried in the same spots as usual, but you can always find them. Uh, on our website and that there will be an alpha dogs the book website we already on the url it's just a matter of time before all that's operational but it is the same website that you have gone to uh, for years now you can still go go startvillainsthebook.com and that's where it's going to be but uh, i'll share that too and we've also got some things we're doing to kind of promote the book that are a little different than the normal and uh, some of it's just because it's one of those things too i just in case you don't know me very well i just don't subscribe to uh you know, to convention. I just, you know, I don't think, you know, well, well, let's just put a book out there and hope for the best. I, you know, that's just not me. And so I wanted to do some things to kind of announce, uh, you know, the, the possible, you know, the production of a new book. And so there's a couple of things we're working on and I uh, got one thing ready to go and we'll unveil that next week, hopefully, because as soon as pre-orders are available, I'm going to go ahead and push some things out there to kind of let you guys know what's going on and, and kind of where we are. And uh, I've talked about the book at length and uh, with you guys a couple times, but uh, I think it's important to kind of understand that uh, one of the main reasons that I moved to Starkville, and when I first moved up here, people said, well, what, do you, what do you plan to do uh, what, what, you know, in addition to Gene's page? It's just going to be up here. And I said, you know, I really want to tell the Mississippi State story. And I really felt like I needed to be here to do it. That's because, you know, the, the access to information – about Mississippi State is much greater here in Starkville, Mississippi. I know that's a novel concept, but uh, living in Baton Rouge, I, I think I could have written a good book. But, you know, it's there. sometimes I get over here and I'm thinking, man, I need to run to the library or I need to go talk to this person or that person. And I've built so many relationships in town, you know, people that maybe I knew of but didn't know that I can say, hey, listen, what really happened here? Or who do I need to talk to about this? And so uh, it has been one of the greatest joys of my life to write these books and uh, I, you know, it's it's kind of part of who I am now. It's like I'm already thinking, all right. So in the spring I'm going to do this, and then in 2022 we're going to do this, and then and then as things happen and I start kind of digging into things, I, I think, okay, well maybe this works for part of the you know the Flim Flam sequel. And so my mind is always at work, and uh, I I share with you guys I'm going to stack these books up on you. There are going to be there aren't a lot of Mississippi State books anyway. It's funny, someone shared with me recently, said, Steve, I think you've already wrote more books about Mississippi State than anybody else because you've written two. Um, yeah, and we've written Flim Flam, too, which is primarily about the old Miss investigation. There was obviously a Mississippi State component to all of that, you know, because of the rivalry. But, uh, but be that as it may, there, there are not a lot of books out there about Mississippi State's history. And I've had so many people that have reached out and shared amazing stories. Many of them, in their minds, they think, hey, this is, uh, this is a big story. And uh, it's not always marketable. You know, there are some stories that are big to you and big to me that, uh, you know, they just don't have the same appeal. But I have had some amazing stories kind of fall into my lap. And um, I've done my best to do them justice because I think it's important we document that. Last week, I think I shared this with you guys, but uh, I met with Bill McCrillis. And for those of you that don't know Bill McCrillis, let me explain. Bill McCrillis is part of your Mississippi State experience in, in, in some respects. And for many of you, back in the day, much longer. But, uh, but Bill was known as Superfan at Mississippi State games in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. Bill was also a guy that was instrumental in working at Mississippi State Marketing to get Bulldog Blitz. That was the big thing, Bulldog Blitz. And uh, so he tells me the story 
of how all that kind of came to be. And, and listen, this is a guy that was always a bit of a ham. And uh, so got a chance to meet with him, take some pictures. And we have, uh, you know, we've connected over some things. And Bill has moved back to Starkville after spending a, a career working uh, as a caterer in the movie industry and has met some incredible people and has lived kind of a Forrest Gump life. That's kind of how I describe it. I mean, it's like it, it, you can think of it. There's so many things that he has experienced and been through that, uh, you know, he, he's a guy that I felt like his story needed to be told. And I had somebody reach out to me that said, hey, Steve, I know you're always looking for good stories, but, man, whatever happened to Bill McCrillis? Whatever happened to Superfan? And so I tracked him down. And I uh, come to find out that, uh, you know, I, I put out the bat signal on Facebook and said, hey, I'm trying to track down Bill McCrillis. Who can help? And within like an hour, I had like, you know, 20 people that said, hey, I know so-and-so. Here's his sister or here's his, his uh, nephew. And uh, I got a message here about a, a couple months ago from one of Bill's family members and said, hey, listen, I mean, thanks for, for telling Bill's story. Th- thanks for documenting that. He has not stopped talking about it. And he's so excited about it. And we as a family are excited, too. We're all loyal Bulldogs. And thanks for remembering Bill. And I don't say that to prop up anything that I think about myself. But those stories are part of our culture. They're part of the fabric of what makes Mississippi State Mississippi State. And listen, we didn't have a lot of great years uh, for, you know, for, for many generations. And there are a lot of people that say, you know what, you know, there, we didn't have a lot of those fans that were just absolutely, you know, on fire for the Bulldogs. But McCrillis was on the road and home and away and went to everything as a student, as his own, his own expense. And uh, some of the ideas for Superfan came from uh, a trip down to Gainesville, and they saw Mr. Two-Bitch down there, you know. And so it, it kind of was born from there. But uh, Bill's still alive and uh, still proud of uh, Superfan. Matter of fact, uh, we took some pictures. I don't know if we use them all, but uh, – Bill dug out the old MSU Superfan cape that he had when he was in college at Mississippi State and put it on for us. He's got the little Bulldog sign. He's still got all that stuff. But uh, it, it reminds me, you know, when I think about Mississippi State Athletics, we have all had a much different experience. I mean, honestly. Some of us have a greater passion than others. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, Mississippi State is the ties to bind. The chances of all of us getting together in a bar and having a drink and getting along are pretty much nil, right? I don't drink, but I'll watch you drink. But if we talked about anything other than Mississippi State sports, we might not be able to be friends. You know, if we got into politics or religion, that kind of stuff, all the lines would be drawn pretty quickly. But being a Mississippi State fan, and listen, it's, it's not, you know, it's not, you know, unique to us. But there's something about being part of the Mississippi State family that just puts you in a situation where you think, you know what, I can forget about all that other stuff for a while. I can forget about all the things that, uh, you know, that they create differences in our life and say, you know what, for, for a few hours, I'm just going to say, you know what, I'm going to go cheer for these kids and I'm going to go cheer for us. Uh, because us sometimes is, uh, is difficult to define. But uh, when you think about Mississippi State... It's one of those things that gets you fired up about, about life. It just adds a lot of flavor uh, to life. And so I hope you're able to do that. And with, uh, with the recent news coming out, then uh, we'll have an opportunity, of course, to celebrate sooner rather than later. So hang in there, kids. We'll have some news, and then we'll be able to make some plans, and hopefully we'll have a lot to cheer about this year. If you're looking for Stark Villains gear, you can go to StarkVillains.com. Please do so. Go ahead and outfit your kids and yourself. You can get the hoodies. It's going to be cooler sooner than later. Trust me on that. That's going to happen. Get you a maroon and white Stark Villain shirt. Check it out. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.